You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. I'm talking with Martin Durazo. Martin, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. So, Martin, it's August 4th, 2021. Um, you're in Joshua Tree, is that correct? Uh, technically, I am in Morongo Valley, which is um, at, like two little towns before you get to Joshua Tree. I usually just mention Joshua Tree because it's such a landmark. Uh, so in order to get there, you go Morongo Valley. As soon as you get up here in the high desert, it's Morongo Valley, Yucca Valley, and then you hit Joshua Tree. So why are you there, and, and what's happening in Morongo Valley? This seems like uh, this is also the peak of heat in Morongo Valley, isn't it? Already a very... Ooh hot place <laughs> yeah <laughs> well the summer so tell me about really it I, I've never severe. been I've never been to that kind of area it seems you know both beautiful and I'm, sort of terrifying it it yes you you uh, you put it together there uh, I, I I just just getting out here uh, I felt like I was gonna be run off the road by semi trucks and I saw another uh, another pickup truck towing a pickup truck that was on fire, <laughs> pulled off by the side. It, it, it's a little harrowing getting up here, but once you get up here, the, the payoff is, is uh, amazing. It's beautiful and uh, quiet. And uh, one of the reasons I, I did uh, uh, get this place in Morongo is, is that it's, it's a little sleepier than, uh, than Joshua Tree or Yucca Valley. Yucca Valley is kind of like, of, of all these little towns up here is the most uh, developed, almost city-like. You know, it's a small town still, but you know what I mean? It, it has uh, fast food franchises. It has a Home Depot, uh, Walmart, things like that. Uh, where so why are you there? You, you have a studio there? What are, what are you doing in this town? Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I, I was very fortunate. I sold a, a few works during the, this crazy pandemic time and, uh, you know, out of the blue. And I've been wanting to try to get some property out here because it, it's the only thing that, the only property anywhere remotely close to Los Angeles that's affordable. You know, so it, it, it's, it's a fraction of the price but it's way out here, and it has its own pitfalls. But in the end, I was able to to get this place, and it's a definitely rough around the edges, and, and uh, but that's kind of the fun of it. And so I'm out here in the crazy heat instead of back home in L.A. with, with the offshore breezes, just trying to get things, you know, put back together. And I, you, plan I teach, on living, you plan on living there and and, and painting? No, you know, no. Uh, just, just occasionally... I, I was really enjoying it. I, I was able to close on it back in, in in March, and because I was teaching remotely, I was able to teach and do some work up here. And so it does have studio space. I'm able to do a little bit of painting and drawing. And um, but in the fall, well, actually not even the fall. In a couple of weeks from now, still in August, I'll, I'll be returning to the classroom for the first time in a year and a half. 
So I'll only be able to come out here during the weekends and, you know, whenever I have a few days for a break or something like that. It'll just be a little getaway. And it was my idea to maybe share it with other artists that you know are able to get away if they want to use it, you know, for something like that. A residency, perhaps. Yeah. Is there yeah. Some, yeah. So what are you working on at the moment? What's what's happening with, with your work um, in terms well, of what you're getting ready uh, for or just what you're involved in at the moment? Uh, oddly enough, you know, I... I I would have thought that uh, that it would have been a time of, of of great of great productivity, but it but it hasn't been. It's, it's, I, 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 I take that back. In terms of conventional productivity, I, I, I haven't been making work at the pace that I'm, I'm used to. Uh, I, I I just guess I, I was just trying to keep my feet under under myself during this time. It was such a a harrowing time and you know, this fear of, of not making it through and uh, here I am vaccinated and, and healthy so now I'm happy I'm, I, I started back to painting a couple of weeks ago and so I mean, uh, the, the, mean the painting I mean the, the pandemic really put a pause on your studio practice you weren't yeah, able to yeah so you know much. I, I, I you know I had all the time in the world and 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 I just kind of slowed down. I did, I experimented a little bit, you know, most of my painting is uh, abstract in nature. And so at the beginning of the pandemic, I was, I was doing these kind of figurative uh, paintings, you know, influenced by, by this uh, acquaintance friend of mine, Thaddeus Strode. And I don't know, a little bit of Albert Ulin, you know, just some some of these images and abstractions kind of together, uh, just weird, ironic couplings of, of like tigers and and uh, flowers or tigers and skulls and koi fish and things like that. It, it it oddly enough ties into my whole practice because. I would say coming out of grad school and, and my first you know, few bodies of work centered around collected objects that had to do with uh, nefarious activities or, or you know, just to, to put it in really plain terms, almost like stoner imagery, uh, this mm-hmm. idea of, of experimenting with, with uh altered consciousness or something like that. And, and then that kind of grew into these abstractions that I started working on that, that were using a lot of fluorescence and, and, and movements that, that referenced nightclub uh, lighting. You know, you're, you're in a club or a rock concert and these lights are flashing. Sometimes when you close your eyes, the, the, these marks are still there. And so that that kind of informed my my uh, abstractions for for a number of years now and and now these new paintings that I'm kind of getting into it's all of that but I don't I I hate to say toned down but but they're being reconsidered so the way that I'm approaching the the, the movement of the paint the layering of the paint I would I would say that what what was kind of these uh crazy fluorescent neon 
colors is, is now a bit muted and, and they're turning into uh, uh, not quite pastels, but, but they're in the ballpark. And so I'm working on that. And then uh, I do have a show coming up. There's this uh, rather large group show that's being organized by the Torrance Art Museum called Nomad. Uh, it should be about 500 artists. I, I don't know how COVID-friendly that is, but uh, it's in a rather large unused office building in Torrance and I'm collaborating with a very good friend of mine, uh, ceramicist Robert Miller and he's throwing these forms for me and I'm cutting into them and creating these abstractions that reference these 70s style ceramic uh, lampshade lantern type things that, that will be uh, suspended from the ceiling but with, uh, and what is that? What, what do you mean with that? Is that kind of like a lava lamp type looking thing? Because this is sort of no, uh, no, it, a lava kind lamp. Seventies imagery, or or no? Or... It is seventies imagery, but but think uh, kind of hippie stoneware uh, ceramic forms, but with pieces cut out, abstract pieces, stamps, all kinds of things like this. That, that, that uh, once suspended, you know, would just be kind of like a lamp in a, in a, I don't know, Jim Morrison's living room or something like that back in 1969 or 73. But the twist on it is that it's going to have these LED lights now that, that exist that kind of will change colors and, you know, kind of referencing going back to that 1973 and, and, 2021, going like a push and pull of, of, uh, of again, I, 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 it's too easy for me to say, you know, the stoner aesthetic, but it, it, it's, it's kind of a... Uh, but it is a time period also. I mean, there's a certain time period you're going back to as well, as, as you just said. And um, yeah. so is, is part of the, the, the content and the narrative, if you will, about that time period, like uh, a historical yeah, Of course, of course. Uh, yeah. I, I think so. I, I've always uh, held it held it uh, close to me. You know, like I, I, I think about some of my favorite albums. Uh, the Faces came out with an album in 1973, and Roxy Music's For Your Pleasure came out in 1973, and I think Iggy Pop and the Stooges, and you know, I could go on and on, and, and it it wasn't it wasn't hippie. It was it was not quite rock. It was a rock and roll, but it it, it had like a, a real flavor to it, a real somewhere between reverie and experimentation, and and uh, I don't know, just kind of this idea of reinvention. And so I think that that's very much i don't god i keep on everything i want to say i can't stand what i'm saying so this idea of reinvention if you come out here to joshua tree it almost seems like there's such a a hold on 60s and 70s fashion and interior design uh that that's just being rediscovered again by by younger generations and you mean a whole mid-century like... mid kind of aesthetic, right? That, that, that goes into well, like a number of realms. But, but in Joshua yeah, Tree, in that area, right. 
or, or who knows, by a certain yeah. group that, that has the money to, to buy, acquire, or get interested in that aesthetic. It's, it's, it's a mid-century, like, furniture and decoration right. and all kinds of things, right? Yeah, but, but uh, I mean, some of the mid it's kind of a mashup of all of that. I mean, it, it, if you look at mid-century and you think Mad Men uh, and this really clean themes aesthetic with, with a Roscoe on the wall, well, you know, that, that's, that's Chicago, you know, during that time. The desert aesthetic is kind of like, yeah, you may fa- find some of these older furniture pieces, but it, that's part of it. It's kind of like this uh, discovery. I mean, there are shops where you could just walk right in and, you know, buy something that's obnoxiously priced, but there are a ton of little hole-in-the-wall thrift stores where you discover these things. And it's just, of course. You know, a fun thing. And, and, and I, I've always liked the idea of a curio, you know, something that I didn't expect or, or that I bring some kind of meaning to and then I'll incorporate it in, in some of my sculptures or, or installation work and uh, they sometimes don't get to go together at first glance, but, you know, through, through memory, through imagination, then they start to have like some kind of harmony well that's nostalgia too isn't it that kind of combination of, uh, of memory absolutely absolutely but but is it nostalgia if if you know the if the generation's too young they no it's not for them, it's not for them. it could be yeah. for you but for them uh, yeah well, maybe, I, that's I what i would say like I, I i i find myself at an age where I look at younger kids that are adults now, you know, my, my kids that just crossed the threshold into adulthood and, and I'm not quite old, old, you know, where I'm looking at, at people that I look at as elders that, that are much older now in their seventies. So I'm kind of like, I guess that's why they call it middle age, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I have my, my goal I had to rediscover, I had to discover, actually, I don't want to say rediscover, I had to discover that time of 1973 and see how it had influenced me. Because my coming of age was, was the uh, early 80s, like as, as 1979 became 1980, is when I became conscious of, uh, really became conscious of music, and my first foray into what I would call independent thought and what I liked was, was L.A. punk rock. And so, and that kind of grew into this idea of rebellion. And, and then as you get older and you become a little more informed, you start to see, you know, where rebellion took place for that music. And then, then uh, once you discover that music, how, what influenced that music and so on and so on. And, and, and I'm using music as, as an example, but it also goes into art, you know, and, and uh, just fashion, lifestyle, whatever you, whatever you have. Right. And, and, so, and so the pieces that you're making for this upcoming show at the Tarns Museum, um, you're saying you're yeah. collaborating with uh, essentially a fabricator? You, you were in the middle of describing that. No, I, would, I, I definitely wouldn't call him a fabricator. Uh, he, he's one of my best friends. His name is Robert Miller. Uh, Robert and I... Uh, uh, created an artist-run space in the mid to late 90s called Miller Durazzo. And it, 
you know, he had just come out of UCLA's MFA program and helped me get into the program. So there was like this crossover. And we, during that time in around 1995, 94, you know, we were kind of knee deep in a, in a recession and a lot of galleries were closing and a lot of these DIY artist run pop-up spaces were starting to happen in LA. It was like the only place you could get shown. And we had access to this second floor. I don't know. It wasn't quite a retail space. I I think in the twenties, it might've been an apartment over a, over a business, but it, it it was an office space near uh, Pico and Robertson. And he and I opened up this space uh, called Miller Durazo and contemporary fine artist projects. It's kind of like a long name, uh, but we, we showed, uh, we basically showed all our friends and vice versa. We were fortunate to have a couple of friends that were also doing the same thing. So it, it, it kind of spawned a lot of careers and, and, uh, I, I would say we, we must've done over a hundred solo exhibitions and group shows. And, uh, we did a couple of fairs we, because we were, at it for a couple of years we thought it would just be like a six-month initiative and it went six years uh we were invited to the art frankfurt fair twice and you know we did a couple of other things and so we were able to kind of i don't know promote our friends and we, we never really showed our work we just kind of were into doing this it was just kind of this altruistic moment in la and during the late 80s um, excuse me the late 90s um, Habib Radyar uh, had this place called Post, which is where I, I got a lot of my very first showings. Um, there, there was another artist named Rory Devine who had a, had a space called uh, TRI. Uh, there was another place called Food House and that, that went on to become a, a, a regular gallery called Acme for a number of years that had great shows. And uh, another place called Domestic it's, Setting. It was a really great time. So going back to Robert real quick, I'll let me finish. Uh, he sure. is a master ceramicist. You know, he got his MFA in ceramics at UCLA and is now a tenured professor at Rio Hondo College. And actually, I was over there working on these on the way up to the desert for, for a little bit. And I told him, I said, I have to go. I have to get up to the desert so I can make this phone call. Uh, so... So yeah, he, he's he's a fantastic artist in his own right. So we've done this in the past where we we've just shown and and uh, in, we we found out that we were going to be in the same show and then we decide to work together and, and create these things. That's great. So you guys will be collaborating essentially right. for the show. There there'll be a few pieces of the show. And right. when does that show open up? Uh, right now it's scheduled for the last weekend of of August. I think it's the 28th and 29th something like that uh and if it might be postponed because of the you know the the growing number of of covid cases here but we will find out soon but for now it's the 28th and 29th okay there'll be more information in the interview for people who are who want to go and i want to ask you one more question which is what are you reading at the moment i was curious um I'm going back and forth. There, there's, uh, I, I, I don't remember the, uh, 
the author, but it is called The Cocaine Museum. And uh, it's a book that I saw on my another artist friend of mine. She's fantastic, Carolyn Castaño. Uh, it was on her shelf. And she's Colombian, and, and we've traveled to Colombia together to, to, you know, in presentations, uh, curated shows down there. And, and uh, we have both done work that has had, I don't know, discussions or looked at the aesthetic of narco drug trafficking. So we, we share that in common. And I was at her studio and I said, can I borrow this book? And I just started it. So I, I, I don't even want to say that I'm really reading it yet. But the, the last book that I really sunk my teeth into was called Blitzed. And it was about uh, this anthropologist that, that, that did a whole study on the use of methamphetamine in the Third Reich and how it, it's, it's not greatly, greatly uh, publicized, but, but, you know, like the Blitzkriegs, you know, when, when the Allied forces were just getting beat up, it was because these soldiers were being given, you know, copious amounts of methamphetamine to, to not sleep and just keep on attacking and keep on attacking, even to the very end. Um, you know, wow. these soldiers that, you know, were in a losing position were basically high as kites and that Hitler himself had his, his personal doctor that was giving him these, these so-called um, vitamin cocktails that, that had cocaine in them to make him feel good. You know, he kept on going, oh, you know, I'm so healthy, I'm so this. And he would brag about having... Uh, uh, you know, these vitamin supplements and feeling great. And all he was was just getting jacked up on all, all kinds of things like this. So, of course, you know, the rest is history. Wow, thanks for, thanks for saying that. But, um, yeah, that's, I've heard a little bit about that book, but that's, yeah, it's such a bizarre yeah. kind of lens into that. It's uh, bizarre. That that's the perfect, <laughs> perfect word for that. Martin, I want to thank you so much for talking with me, and I wish you well with your new home and your upcoming show. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been good talking to you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.